Hey, amazing lady, welcome back to the Brand Builders Lab podcast. We are at episode 63. Welcome to the Brand Builders Lab podcast. We're learning how to create an epic brand, find the right marketing strategies, and building your business is a constant evolution, classroom, and lab. Each week, we'll be diving into all things brand and marketing with special guests and solo episodes to help you build your business, brand, and big idea. Hey, hey, welcome back. It is awesome to have you here as always. But if this is your first time listening to the Brand Builders Lab podcast, then welcome. I'm your host, Suze Chadwick. This podcast is brought to you by The Connection Exchange, and I work with women in business to help you build a confidently bold brand, get out of your own way, and start playing bigger and branding bolder. And today I am answering questions that I get all the time. So whether it's my community, listeners, people in general, in business, these are questions that I get asked about how I outsource and how others can outsource and all of the questions that come with that. So today I am speaking with Rosie Shiloh, who is the founder of Virtually Yours, an online community for virtual assistants and online business managers. So when I thought about who would be able to answer these questions in the best way, Rosie was the first person that I thought of because when people ask me where they can find a VA, I obviously recommend a lot of my community who are awesome VAs, but they are also part of Rosie's network. So I refer people to Rosie and say, speak to Rosie. She will be able to give you a great idea of how to go about doing this, who might be right for you, depending on what it is you're looking for, and really all the ins and outs of hiring a VA in the right way for you and your business. Now today, what we're gonna talk about is the questions that I get, as I mentioned, which are really around, how do I find the right person to outsource to? How do I work out what to outsource? That's one of the biggest questions. How do I work out how long I need a person for? And how do I work out what my budget would be? Plus a number of other things that we end up chatting about as well. So that is what we're gonna cover in this week's podcast. But before we dive in, Obviously, I have an awesome freebie for you that if you haven't checked it out yet, then make sure you do. It is my video masterclass all about building a standout brand. So if you're struggling to get clear on your message, understand what the key elements of building a standout brand are, and you want some insightful training about what matters to your audience, then this one, my dear, is for you. So you can head over to the show notes or you can go straight to theconnectionexchange.com forward slash brand masterclass. That's theconnectionexchange.com forward slash brand masterclass and you can get access today. Not tomorrow, not next week, but today. So I wanted to make sure that you get that in your hot little hands. I've got some new goodies coming out too, which I'm going to be sharing with you very soon. But because I know that this is a topic that so many people want to dive into, let's not wait any longer and let's dive in. 
Rosie, welcome to the Brand Builders Lab podcast. Hello, thank you so much for having me. Pleasure, pleasure. So we have been chatting for a while because I was on your podcast and now you're on mine. That's what friends are for. Yay. <laughs> but I did want to get you on uh, and I was saying to you the other day, I get questions all of the time from my community and from my listeners and my followers about, because I talk about outsourcing. Yeah. How do you do it? And there's all these questions that come with it. So I was like, let me just go to the guru, <laughs> who is Rosie, um, and ask all of the questions because you, I feel like you're like, what is it, the Pied Piper, the Queen Bee of like the VA community? Um, oh, no. <laughs> no pressure. No pressure. Uh, because why don't you tell my listeners about you, what you do, and virtually yours? All right. Thank you. Um, I've got a big, fat, swelly head now. So. <laughs> Queen B. Yeah, Queen B. I like it. So I started Virtually Yours back in 2004. And um, I know, which is like forever. I just ago. shook my head and rolled my eyes. I'm like, oh my gosh, that's such a long, it feels like such a long time ago. I know. And I'm obviously, obviously, I was about 12 at the time. And. Um, <laughs> Weren't we all? We were were all at some point, 12. Um, Yeah, and funnily enough, I didn't really know, this is how a lot of VAs start actually, I didn't know much about virtual assistants or anything, but someone said, and in this case it was my dad, said, why don't you provide admin support for business owners who don't want to hire staff? And so Listen to him, Mr. Insightful. Did he have his own business and that's why he said it? Yes, yes. And I, I was living with him at the time. I was 24. I was a boomerang child. I'd moved back in. And so every time I got home from work, he's like, he's the only one who's allowed to call me Rose, just putting that out there. He'd go, Rose, this isn't working on my computer. What the hell have I done? And so I'd go in and help him. And he's, he was always just thinking, you know, this is what I, this, this is what I've missed this whole time. And um, so what had you been doing? Well, I was working in the, yeah, I was working in middle management in the disability sector and, um, and I had a lot of experience in admin and reception type services, but I I'd, I'd sort of focused on the disability sector at that point and, um, and always found that I was that go-to person because I'm, I'm not afraid to break things, which is a good thing. <laughs> so I will work out, you know, I'll troubleshoot stuff and make it work. And, um, and yeah, so I actually had to dial up on the internet then, make sure no one was making a call. And I discovered that there was actually an industry, very small at, the, at that time, but still definitely there called the virtual assistant industry. Now that's changed a lot since then, but because of, I think, my background in disability was all about community support, very quickly my little idea of working for myself became, let's build a community around this because that's where my heart is. So that's how Virtually Yours became a network. And so explain what Virtually Yours is. Yeah, so it's, it's a, for Australian virtual assistants. It's an online community, much like your awesome community with the exchanges, and they have that online space where they can come together, collaborate, learn. So we have the webinars and the podcasts and, you know, guest speakers come in um, and we, there's a lot of training opportunities for VAs and mentoring, but also job leads. So I talk to business owners about getting ready to outsource and figuring out what they need to do so they can come to our community 
with the right sort of plan and mindset to then work with a virtual assistant to grow their business. So it's sort of double-sided. Awesome. That's so good. And whenever somebody does say to me, Suze, I need a VA, I do refer some of the great VAs that are in the exchanger community. But I'm also like, but speak to Rosie too, because I do think it's a very personal choice. Mm. Like it depends on what you need and then finding the right person that can deliver that, but then also somebody who is probably going to be a good fit for your business as well. Yeah, there's quite a few factors. And a number of the VAs in your community are virtually yours members yes. anyway. So, so that's good. <laughs> yeah, which is awesome, which is awesome. Yeah. So we're going to talk about a few different things and a few different questions that people have asked me. But mm. I'd just love to know, because you've been in the industry for so long, how has the industry changed over the last couple of years? Like what have you seen? Yeah, the changes have been huge and I think it's been something that business owners haven't really wrapped their heads around that well just yet. So as I said, when I started, it was all about admin and most of the stuff that VAs can do now um, uh, is so much more skilled and, and, you know, high level stuff. So people still think virtual assistant, they think basic admin, but that's what it was when we started because technology didn't allow them to do high end stuff remotely. Whereas now you can access people with amazing skills and the definition for virtual assistant is they're providing business to business services remotely as a contractor. And that's all it is. So as you can imagine, a web designer or developer, a graphic designer, copywriter, a bookkeeper, reception teams, like there's so many different skills now that fall under that, that banner. So the, I now refer to virtual assistants as an industry title rather than an individual title because you need you can say I'm a virtual assistant I work within the virtual assistant industry and this is my specialty this is what I absolutely work at and it's just like if you say I'm a tradie um, who happens to be an electrician I this is my area of specialty this is you know you don't want me working on your toilets you want me to work on your sparky stuff right so this is my zone of genius and and that's you know that helps you figure out who it is that you need to support you in your business yeah, awesome. I love that. Because I do think that obviously having a niche, no matter how sort of narrow or wide you want that to be, is really important as well. Mm-hmm. So we're going to dive into some of the questions, Rosie, that I get all the time. So you're in the hot seat, which I love is it. exciting. <laughs> which is exciting. Um, so some of the things we're going to go through today, for those who are listening, we're going to talk about how to find the right person to outsource to. Mm-hmm. The second thing is work out, well, working out what to outsource and how to figure that out. We're going to talk about how long you might need somebody for and working that out and then also your budget and your spend. And that's just because I get these questions all of the time. Mm. So I think that really um, understanding all of that would be really good. Now, the other thing that I've literally just done is I've also just put on Insta Stories a few minutes ago, got to love Insta Stories, by the way. <laughs> and I said, I'm about to speak with Rosie Shiloh from Virtually Yours. We're going to be talking about this stuff. If you've got any questions, let me know. So somebody's also just sent me a message and said, would love to know appropriate rates for different types of work what I need to provide the VA to ensure smooth partnership and outcomes achieved um, and who the good ones are. I love that. Give me a list of the good ones, Rosie. (laughs) That's so funny. That's from Casey Hellman. So Casey, thank you for your question. And I'm going to check in and see if there's any other questions as we go. 
Love and, it. Um, isn't that good? I love like real time. I, yeah. I feel like a talk back radio. Well, if this <laughs> Yeah, I know. We need we need to just do these podcasts live. Like, I know that would be so fun, wouldn't it? We so should do that. Could do um, that. But now we have to do it together because we thought of it together. So Oh jeez, it's just so complicated, isn't it? <laughs> anyway, let's dive in, Rosie. Let's dive in. So the first question is, how do I find the right person to outsource to? Well, now, one of the things that I recommend you do not do is jump on Facebook in a massive, massive group and go, hey, I need a VA, because that is just nightmare city. You're going to get about 750 people going, me, 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 and none of them have even said, what do you need a VA for? Like, that, to me, that's a great filter, because you can ignore every single one of those, but you've just given yourself a whole new job to do. So... There are two things that I recommend. Either you ask the people around you who work in a similar style to you because the way you communicate and the way you work is going to be a factor. Um, if they've got any recommendations for someone you can chat to or you go to a network like virtually yours, there's a couple of them out there, not a massive amount, but a couple where they will um, help you. And I think most of, most of them are free to do this, where they will help you find someone. Um, because the reason why those two options I like, the first one is word of mouth is obviously really great. But the ones on the network, to me, I only work with virtual assistants who are a part of a community that helps build um, what they can offer to you. So they value community, they value ongoing learning and they'll invest in their business. So the fact that they're part of a community like that says a lot about them already. Yeah. So they're the two channels that I would recommend. I would not go onto Facebook and say, hey, hit me up because you, it's just going to be a nightmare. And so would you ever go onto, I'm just being devil's advocate, would you ever go onto Facebook and say, I need a VA who specialises in bookkeeping and access ally or active campaign or something like that or it's just just steer clear of it i think steer clear of it because um the the people that are online who have the time to be looking through that stuff and finding that stuff um look you might find someone who's good but the ones the odds are against it because the ones who are really good at it as you would know are too busy to be doing that <laughs> they will look at job leads that come through or referrals that come through but they're not going to be hunting around on social media for, for you to say i need someone and then want to pitch when they know there's going to be 100 people pitching yeah, so it's true. not really the ideal way of doing it so um yeah you can do that but it's it's going to be harder. It's not going to give you the best result. No, I don't think so. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. And so is that something you do, Rosie? So if somebody's looking for a VA, like how does that work with your community? So there's a few things that, and we will talk about them because the questions go over this, which is great. Okay. There's a few things you need to do first, but then what you do is you go to the website, you fill out a form saying what it is you need and uh, the ones that really show their personalities and are really honest about how they work and how they like to communicate are the best ones because then the virtual assistants who feel a connection to that and have the skills that you need are, are going to contact you to have a chat and it's obligation free. So you have a chat with them or they'll email through to you. You narrow it down a bit with, you know, how you like those responses. And then if you find one or two or maybe three that you feel 
pretty good, you would have a face-to-face like a Skype chat or if they're nearby a coffee um, to really have a good chat and feel if there's a good connection and then give it a go if you, if you like them. So you would definitely, definitely put an agreement in place before you move ahead. Um, but, yeah, you, you would then trial it out and see how you go. So that's one way to do it is to go onto your website mm-hmm. and to fill out a form and then and then get access to the community like they will respond to that. Mm-hmm. Now, I want to pick up on something you just said. The people that are really honest about the way that they work get a better result. What does that mean? Okay, so some people will put a job lead in and it's very technical and factual, but they don't put any personality behind it. The ones that show, you know, what they love and and say these are the things that kill me like I can't (laughs) stand doing this stuff or I am terrible on email you'll need to call me or I'm vice versa and just human be human be real and say what it is that you need without um, just making it a transaction right from the start yes know what your goals are and what you're trying to achieve but avoid um, putting a barrier up right at the start with the tech talk and all that stuff. So like you need to say what software. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Put yourself into it because then you're going to be more likely to find someone who's going to be a good connection for you because it is a partnership. So you need to be, you know, have that that personal connection with them. Yeah. Okay, great. So the next question is how do I work out what to outsource? Now, I feel like this is one of the biggest barriers yeah. that the majority of people I speak to have is that they're too scared to get in contact because they don't actually know, I don't know how much I need to outsource. I don't know what to outsource. I don't know how to figure out how to know what to outsource. So Mm -hmm. how can people sort of work through this, this barrier that they've got to understanding that? Well, there's probably two strategies that I would go with depending on what you're trying to achieve. So one is if if you feel like you're just doing everything and you're time poor and you're not doing things well, then you can do a bit of a stock take on how you're spending your day across like a week or two weeks and figure out where your time is being spent and which ones are ones you really, you know, you don't enjoy doing and they're not bringing money in for you. They can be the starting point for who, who you might get in to help you with that stuff. So that is a little bit of a, possibly a bit of a Band-Aid solution just if you're overworked. What I prefer people to do though is to sit down and put a plan together which looks at where they are now and where they want to go and then of course, so like three months, six months, 12 months from now and then looks at what the gaps are for them. So what is the situation for each part of their business now? Like it might be my social media sucks, you know, I'm not getting any interaction but what I'd like is for it to be really active and have a lot of conversation going and people clicking through to my website or whatever it might be. So how am I going to get from here to here um, and who do I need to help me do that? So what you instantly get is something that's measurable and you get an idea of what skills you need. And so you would do that across the different areas of your business and look at what the gaps are. What are the areas that you can't do, you suck at, or you're not making any money off doing that are holding that's holding you back from doing what you need to do because if you go in with the whole band-aid solution oh my god i'm overworked i need someone now it's going to be hard to measure if that works for you because what you might do is just pick up other stuff and still be frustrated and busy down the track and not know if you've actually achieved anything from having someone else doing things for you 
Yeah. I think the other thing that I always say to people, and I was literally talking to someone about this the other day, and I shared this on my stories, was that you need to look at, and you were talking about this, like really looking at what you suck at. <laughs> yep. <laughs> there, are, there are a lot of things I can do in my business. Like mm. I am a very self-taught kind of person. I'm like you. I will go in, I will break, I will remake, I will test, I will figure it out. And so I could absolutely do all of that in my business, but I'm not great at it. It's not like the best skill that I have. And so what might take me a day or two to do, my OBM or VA does in like an hour. Mm. And so I think a lot of people get caught up in, they're like, I don't have the budget to be able to afford a VA but what they're really looking at is how long it takes them to do something. And then they're like, I can't pay somebody to do that for me for two days. When mm. in fact, it would only take that person one hour. So you're saving a huge amount of money when yeah. you work out what your daily rate is, as opposed to what you're paying somebody an hour's worth of work to do. And I was just saying, like I gave Melissa, who's my VA, um, a sales page to create. And one, she did it in an hour, which would have taken me two days. Mm -hmm. The second thing is she made it look freaking awesome. And when I looked at it, I'm like, there's no way I would have made it look that good because I just wouldn't have been bothered to yeah. like put that much detail into it. So not only do they do it faster, but they do it so much better than you would ever do it as yeah. well because it's not your zone of genius. Yeah. And so if you know what you're worth at your most valuable activity, then when they say to you, oh, I'm, you know, for someone doing that sort of work, it might be $80 an hour or it might be a set rate of $200 or whatever it might be. And then you compare that to what you've just cost yourself by not working on something that's bringing in money. Um, then it, it just, it's a no brainer. You've got to invest in them to help you create the time, the products and the energy to generate income. Yeah. Just a regular business strategy. And a lot of people fear that because there's risk involved. The business is risk. So you need to be strategic about it and think about it. But at the same time, there's always going to be that fear factor and you kind of got to just jump in a little bit. So, yeah. And the other thing that I would say is sometimes outsourcing, not sometimes, but a lot of the time outsourcing gives you your life back. Mm. So for example, yeah, you could work all the hours. Yeah. You could work every night you could work on weekends and get it all done. But once again, it's, I always call it the opportunity cost. Would I rather be spending time with my kids or chilling on the couch with my hubby? Or would I rather be creating a sales page? Mm. Uh, you know, and it's kind of like, well, yeah, I'm happy to pay somebody a half an hour, an hour's worth of work for me to actually get three nights of my week back or my entire weekend back. So I think there is the opportunity cost of you not spending all of your working time focused on something you shouldn't be, but it's also the opportunity to spend more time in your life mm -hmm. doing things that you enjoy and once again getting that time back by outsourcing mm -hmm. as well. Absolutely. And realise the value of knowing what your kids look like, you know. <laughs> That's... Being able to attend, you know, their, their sporting sessions or going to the hairdressers or, as you said, just chilling and, you know, having a Netflix binge if you feel like it because you've got time like a normal person to balance things. But so many business owners are completely, like, they start their business for freedom and flexibility and choice and then they discover, okay, well, my choice right now is to work. 
and that's not good. It's not healthy and it's not going to be good for their business either. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. And so how do, and this, I feel like this is kind of how long's a piece of string, but how, <laughs> I love those questions. <laughs> so I feel like you're really going to be able to answer this well, Rosie, obviously. Um, how do I work out how long I need a person for? So maybe this is a little bit of a follow on of how do I work out what to outsource? But this is another question. Like I don't like some people are hourly. Some people are fixed monthly rate for a certain amount of time, etc. How do you work out how much time you think you need? Yeah, yeah, you're right. And it's a lead on. So there's, I have a whole process that takes you from, you know, A to B to work this all out. And you're right. So understanding what the goals are and what you're trying to achieve is going to obviously help you work that out. Is it a project? In, in which case you would get a set price. Is it, you know, it's going to have a set duration, set price. Is it ongoing support with an ongoing strategy or is it ad hoc stuff that you need here and there? When you know what your goals are and what, what support you need to achieve those, these answers become obvious. And so it's, it just gets a lot less scary. You just go, okay, sweet. So to get with that, you know, social media one, to get to here to there, that's going to be ongoing strategy. We're working together. Um, talk to the, the people who know what they're doing and just say, what sort of commitment per month is this going to be or per week? Um, let them know what your budget is and whether that's achievable or not. Um, you, so might, you should have a budget first. Yeah, have a budget first because, you know, they might be outside your budget and you just go, sweet, I can't work with that person. That's fine, I can't afford them. Or you can say to them, this is what I've got. What can you give me within that budget? Um, and then as so, and that's actually a really good way to start anyway, because as you're progressing and if things are working the way you want them to work, your budget will increase. And then your strategies will increase and you'll be able to work with them and say, okay, hey, well, that's worked really well. What can we do with this now? And just keep building on it. So, yeah, have a budget. Don't just throw money at it willy-nilly. Absolutely not. You need to think about what you're going to be investing. That's why the hourly rate ongoing is hard because if someone says to you, oh, yeah, my rate's $50 an hour or $40 an hour, but you don't know how long they're going to take to do the job, that's so frustrating and scary. I, I remember asking someone once I needed an app created and they told me their hourly rate and I said, yeah, okay, but what sort of duration are we talking about here? And they said, oh, we can't tell you that. I've gone, well, you've just told me that it's between 40 and a billion dollars, <laughs> right? So how am I supposed to... It will be one billion dollars. <laughs> Yeah, because yeah. I'd be silly if I said one million and it went over, right? Like, <laughs> so we're going to really go high. You've got to watch those M&Bs. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. Because I think that this is like, once again, one of the biggest barriers is people like, I don't know how much it's going to cost me. Um, I don't know how to budget for it. Mm -hmm. So when they have that, so when they say fill out the form on your website yeah. and they say what they need, then is there something there that kind of gives them a little bit of an idea of how to work out timeframes? Like what, where's that conversation coming in where? So can... that conversation is with the VAs that you then right. talk to because, as I said, the industry is so broad, um, one person couldn't possibly give you an idea of how long a project's going to take. As you said, how long is a piece of string? I'm not an expert at transcription. I'm not an expert at... Um, copywriting or um, 
I don't know, quite a lot of things actually. So <laughs> I couldn't answer those questions and I would feel really terrible if I pretended to. So, um, yeah, you would speak to the people who know, and that's why it's an obligation-free process at the start, to get an idea. of. So, and, and I think that's actually a really good filter too. If they can't give you an idea of ways to keep it in check and keep measuring as you work along. So if it is something that you don't have a set outcome and set parameters for, then they're not going to be able to give you set pricing for it. But they can say, okay, let's look at this budget um, for now and see where we're at when we get to that. I'll communicate with you as we're going how the money and time is being spent. We'll measure that and then see how we go moving forward. So at least then it's, you know, something that you can pull the reins in on as you need to. Um, but people who just do what the app person did with me and just said, no, I can't tell you. I'm not going to work with them because I need them to be able to give me some ballpark stuff along the way or at least some set, um, you know. Like a guideline. guideline. On. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So you've got a bit of an idea. But that's, yeah, you have a chat because some people will work only hourly depending on what the services they're providing. Others will only do packages. Others will work in retainers. So all, everyone's different. Yeah, absolutely. And so let's talk about trial periods. Mm -hmm. So when you're first doing this, you've maybe not outsourced before, you're yeah. wanting to test the relationship with the person. What yeah. do you think is reasonable when it comes to how, how you test out what's working and what's not working? Well, you do, you've definitely got to be patient at the start and remember you need to invest time to make time. So um, a lot of people resist it because at the start it is going to be a little bit harder because you do need to communicate with the VA about your goals and the way your business is currently running and any changes that you want to be making to that. You shouldn't need to teach them how to do the task unless it's, there's a process within your business you've already created that is unique to you. So, um, and this is predominantly for self-employed VAs who have a special specialist area. They should know how to do it already. So it's more about giving them time to understand your business and how you work and, you know, your idiosyncrasies and things that, you know, where you just go, okay, that really shits me and I didn't realise it. And being open to communicating that. Um, so communication is massive. This is absolutely massive. And leadership but respecting the skill that they have and just working together to try and get this, I think of it as a project, working together like you would if you collaborated with another business owner, you still need to get to know how each other works and plan things and give it time. And if you can't stand each other within a week, well, then it's not going to work. <laughs> but usually you need a good three months to sort of for them to feel like they know your business. Okay. I was literally just going to ask, like, how long do you give it? Yeah, it was a long way around, but that was three months. <laughs> so the other question that I have with that, and it's because I am a bit of a process geek, is, for example, when I first started my podcast, I kind of put together a thing where, uh, which I gave to my VA, which was I'm going to record and edit it, drop it into Dropbox. Then once it's in there, I'm going to put all this in Asana. So I want you to go and upload it to Wooshka, which is my hosting create the three different versions of the visual, which is the square, the horizontal, and then the stories. And then I want you to schedule. So I kind of gave her 
this is what, once we create the podcast, this is what I want mm-hmm. to happen. Yeah. And we've sort of batched now and she's kind of got all that ready for like the next month or so, uh, which made it really easy. So when it comes to handing work over, is, do you think that the process should be something that you and your VA work out together? Do you think that it's worth uh, business owners sitting down and going, what do I actually want this to look like so that when I speak to somebody, I can like either verbally give that to them or hand something over? Like, what do you think is the best way to do that? Because I just kind of feel like VAs can't read your mind oh, and what you want. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, that's a massive breakthrough right there. A lot of business owners think that they can <laughs> and get really annoyed when they can't. But it's a great question and it does depend on how much you know about what it is that you're doing. So you know what your process is that you want to do for your podcasts. I'd be the same. Like, okay, so this is what I want you to do to take over the reins because this is how I would want it done. Yeah. If I was starting a podcast um, and I had no idea and say I got someone like Lyndall Harrison, who's the podcast VA, and I'd go, Lyndall, what do I do? And she would give me the direction for it. So it depends on, yeah, if you're currently comfortable with a set process, then yeah, tell them this is how I'm wanting it to do. If they are amazing and there's a better way, hopefully they would tell you. Yes. Um, but otherwise, if you don't know anything about it, but you want it to be done, then yes, you would hope that they would then say, hey, this is sweet. This is how we do it. And so I think that that's a thing as well, isn't it? Because it's a two-way street. Mm. So hopefully when you get the right VA for you, and this is something I'd love to just chat about a little bit, is that there's some sort of strategy session or there's some initial let's map out Mm. what you do, how you do it, what you want for each of these. Like what I always just think generally, no matter who you're working with, a great question is what does good look like to you? And that's just, I remember years and years and years ago, I did like a communication workshop or whatever. And they were just saying, you might say to somebody, I'd really love you to go and do this for me. And your idea of what that looks like and their idea of what that looks like is very different. And so always asking as the service provider, what does good look like to you? Like, If we communicated once a week, would that be good for you? When we communicate, do you want it to be over Zoom or email? Like asking all of those questions I think is really important. Mm. So how do you think that, um, I guess, business owners and VAs can work in that way better? Um, Yeah, that communication is really important and and knowing how each other works in their best way. So, um, you know, in the past I've had clients when I was doing web development work who would only, like if they sent me an email, they'd call me to make sure I got the email. And I don't actually like the phone. And so I would get really irritated and I wouldn't be performing at my best. best. So good communication to me in regards to this because our stuff was very visual. I want them to have a look at it and then give me some bullet points on what they want changed. If they can't, um, you know, do that, then yes, make the call if it's too hard to explain. But um, just FYI, generally, don't do that. (laughs) Don't send an email and then call somebody to tell them that you... No, please, (laughs) right? That would be so annoying. Oh, it's so... Unless you're like, it's a document that's going to save the planet is on its way. Have you got it? Fine. But if it's, uh, oh my God, it was, yeah, yeah just strong. And there, there's people that do that regularly. And I want to just do a public service announcement just like, don't, do that. don't, yeah, you need to stop. 
stop it. So, um, so that sort of thing might make someone, you know, someone who loves the phone wouldn't care, but other people would just be like, yeah, you're starting to kind of irritate me. And those little things will erode at, um, that communication. So as you said, you know, understanding what is good to you in terms of, um, if, if they're doing landing pages for you, what is good for you in terms of how I deliver the content that I want on it? What is, what does a good landing page look like to you? Because they might do landing pages that you hate. Um, so it's a great question. I love it. And it is just about having those regular chats. Um, my favorite clients over the years would check in every now and then and say, what are you loving working on, working on at the moment? Because as a VA, you're learning new things all the time. And sometimes you'll start this new awesome thing that you're getting excited about and they can tap into that. Or if there's an area that you're just completely not interested in anymore and you're not performing at your best, you can find someone else to come in and do that. So being human, communicating, yeah, all that stuff. Yeah, awesome. And I think the other thing as well is just realising that one VA may not be enough. Yeah. So I've got, uh, Melissa does a lot of my website and socials and stuff like that. Well, not socials, but like creating images and etc. And then I've got somebody else who does my Access Alia access ally and my active campaign because she does a lot more of the technical stuff and i just think once again it's just that learning process of getting people who are working in their zone of genius yes um, who are really great at certain things and just realizing that you may be able to find somebody that can do a lot of it but it's also okay to potentially have one or two people who do what they do really well too yeah and if they, do, if they do it really well and they get you and your business and you're a good communicator, it works really easily. Like, oh, I've got a team of five different people I tap into, two of them more frequently than the others. Um, one who she just, you know, does all my phones and she just checks in with me as she needs to and, oh, my God, I love her. Um, but I don't send her work. She's like the calls are her work. Um, whereas the other two, one is very good with copywriting. She does, you know, the copy stuff that I need. And the other one is, as you said, more the tech stuff, um, and little bits of pieces here and there with making sure that the tech and strategy are working properly and being able to send the stuff to them that they enjoy doing is beneficial to both of you. It really is. Yeah. And I think the thing that I love as well, like when we talk about managing the relationship and the communication, I personally use Asana, which yep. I really love. It's a free tool. I've talked about it before, ASANA. Mm -hmm. And in there, I've got both Melissa and Cheryl, who are my two VAs basically. And so, for example, I might say to Cheryl, can you go and create this uh, like checkout page? Because she does all that. And then I'll also message Melissa in there and say, once Cheryl's done that page and she provides the link, can you add that to the sales page? So both of them are in the same conversation under the one project. So yep. the project might be like my end of financial year offer and then they're working together as well to then deliver that for me. And I, it's just joy. Like yes. It's just such... It's so great just to be able to be in one place with both of them and just to hand those things off and for them to kind of communicate as well. And I just think that's the joy of the virtual element mm -hmm. is that I'm sitting here in Melbourne, they're both not in Melbourne, um, but we're all working together to get the things I need done in my business done really quickly and efficiently. 
Yeah, absolutely agree. And yeah, keep keep them communicating with each other. You know, allow them to collaborate and check in with each other on how things are going. So my conversations are generally the same. We actually just use Facebook Messenger because I just that's just how I roll. And yeah. as that's yeah, you've got to work out how you roll. Um, where there'll be tasks there that someone's not responsible for, but it's good for them to know what you're working on and where things are at and what could potentially be coming up and also to make suggestions if they see an opportunity. Now, if you keep your VAs, if you've got more than one, separate to each other, heaven forbid they know each other exists, you're going to, communication's going to be a nightmare. People do do that. They'll, They'll send some work over here. I've actually seen people in the past who have sent basically the same work to two different people. I don't know what the reasoning was. I don't know if she just picked the one she preferred the you know best with the outcomes, but she was spending twice as much money. And then when the VAs realised that somebody else was giving, given the same work, they were obviously really put off. I'm thinking, this is weird. What I don't get what you're doing, what your plan is here. Well, there's no trust there, is there, if no. that's happening? Yeah, and trust is massive. That's one of the key elements. Yeah. Mm. Awesome. Well, Rosie, that is the questions that I had, but obviously I wanted to come back to Casey's question on Insta stories. And she was just saying, how do you know the appropriate rates for the different type of work? Which is once again, another question that I get, which is how long is a piece of string? But can you, is there any kind of general, I don't know, um, rate, you know, what's the word I'm looking for? Yeah. (laughs) Standard, standard rates. I feel like that, that you know, you know the WordPress, the browser on, on on the internet where it starts guessing what you're trying to ask. I did tell you at the very beginning of this interview that my brain is not firing all cylinders at the moment. So, what are the standard rates, and how do we kind of work it out? I know it's hard, but it would be great to be able. Well, to. some people are completely outside this scope, but what I find for your general admin and your business management type stuff, it's anywhere between thirty and fifty-five an hour, depending on their skill level, their confidence, their um, their and their methods and processes. Um, now if it's stuff like web development and updates to that, it might be a bit higher. So it could be between 45 and say 65, 70 an hour. If it's bookkeeping, it tends to be more like 60 to 80 going up from there even. Um, copywriting tends to be around the 50 to 60 an hour, but you know, they do a lot of project rates as well. Transcription usually charges out at a, um, per minute type thing depending on the quality of the audio so there's a couple of criteria the better and the clearer the audio the cheaper per minute it's going to be um so yeah the generally though you're going to find prices between the 30 and 100 dollar mark per hour depending on the skill level required some people will do business admin stuff for less than that but my concern is that they wouldn't have enough money left over to invest in their own education good software insurance community and networking um, if they were charging too little and just on that as well so when i had my business insurance done the um, Louise who does my business insurance, she is business insurance for women in business, I think it is, or insurance for women in business in New South Wales. She was saying to me, can you send me through your VA's insurance cover? 
information yeah. as well, which I thought was really interesting. And I didn't, um, I didn't even think about that, which my VA has got. Mm. Um, and I did give that to her, but that was really interesting as well. Um, any thoughts on that? Well, you know, it's up to the VA whether they have insurance or not. Totally up to them. I mean, if they're doing bookkeeping or anything like that, they really should have it. But um, these days, I think because everything is so tech reliant, we kind of need it as a backup. Even if you think you're never going to make a mistake, shit happens. Mm. So for them, you know, to be able to, to, that's why they need to price their services at, at you know, in such a way and why businesses need to respect the pricing that they set so that they can have insurances in place. So if something gets stuffed up, you get paid out mm. and things can get fixed. Whereas if you're going to, you know, keep lowballing virtual assistants, not uh, paying them what they're worth, they're not going to have the software, the training, the big communities, the insurance, the proper processes in place to provide you with an excellent service. The ones that charge more often have a backup plan in mm. place. So if they're sick or they're going away, they'll have someone there to support them. This is what you're paying for. And when you lowball them, they're not going to be able to do that stuff. And then that's when things go wrong. Yeah. And I mean, I guess I just want to reiterate, we have said this already, but I, both of my VAs are not cheap. They are mm. at the higher end. But as I said, they get things done in yeah. literally a hundredth or a tenth of the time. The other thing is, is that I am also paying for their skill. And yeah. this, you know, we kind of, it goes back to what are you paying for? You're not paying for somebody to sit there and do something for you. You're paying for the years of experience, the expertise and the skills that they're bringing to your business. And so you have to really take a look at like how you value that. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's really important because I think a lot of times we're like, well, how cheap can I get it? And it's like I say, you get what you pay for. So yeah. I just think really understand that if you get somebody who you're paying more for, they will be able to deliver what you need at a higher quality in a shorter period of time to the standard and the level that you require. Yep. And you can demand it too. If they're not performing at the level that you require, you go, why not? Whereas if, they're if you're paying them pittance and you start nitpicking, and this is what people do, they'll pay little and then they'll nitpick or they'll, they'll say, I want a minute-by-minute minute breakdown on what you're working on. And instantly it is just a terrible way to work with people. It is demoralising, it is insulting. And to, to focus so much on time um, wastes it. Yeah. So, which is crazy. So you want to be focusing on outcomes and the skills that these people are bringing to the table. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Well, Rosie, that is all the questions that I had from my community. And I think that I pretty much feel like we have solved the world's problems when it comes to business owners working with VAs. And uh, listeners, I'm sure you feel exactly the same. <laughs> <laughs> my work here is done. <laughs> over and out <laughs> <laughs> no, that was awesome now Rosie where can people find you and what is coming up for you awesome question you can always find me at www.virtuallyyours.com.au and I am on Facebook way too often virtually yours VAs so you can definitely message me there if you like in terms of what's new oh my god I am so excited <laughs> 
I have actually put all of my outsourcing knowledge into a book and it is a process book. It's a system to help you do exactly what we were talking about today, like from right at the start all the way through to managing your team. So I've put that into book format and um, pre-orders, so pre-print orders are now available. So and what is that called, Rosie? It's called The Outsourcing Secret. Awesome. Mm. So can they go and pre-order on your website? They can, yes. Very good, very good. Now we are going to have all of Rosie's links in the show notes as well. Uh, so you can head over there and check it out. But Rosie, thanks so much for obviously all of your queen bee knowledge on VA industry and how we can work better with our VAs. Thank you for asking the awesome questions. <laughs> Awesomeness right here. This has been fun. Anyway, have an awesome day. And I'll you see too. You soon. See ya. Well, I hope you enjoyed that podcast and got a lot of value out of it. This is you know, questions that I get all the time. So hopefully that's answered any of your VA questions and outsourcing. But if you do have any other questions, then make sure you connect with Rosie. As I said, all of her links are in the show notes. And if you head to the connectionexchange.com forward slash 63, then you can go and check all of that info out and connect with her as well. Thanks so much for listening and being here as always. If you enjoyed this episode, then I'd love you to share it on Insta or wherever else you want to share it with your community and friends. Make sure that you've subscribed in iTunes as well. And I'd love you to leave a review as always. I'm going to start doing shout outs to people who leave reviews. But if you'd like to follow me on any platform, you can always follow me at Suze Chadwick, but I hang out in stories. Until next time, have an awesome week and make sure you keep playing big and branding bold.